1: You're listening to a podcast of Relatively Speaking on MPB Think Radio. To your previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
2: Good morning and thanks for listening. This is Relatively Speaking, the show all about you and your family. And I'm Dr. Susan Buttress. So, uh, a 2017 survey showed that women will spend almost a quarter of a million dollars on beauty products in their lifetime. Contrary to what you may think, men also spend a pretty large chunk on products, too, about 175000 in their lifetime. So why do we do it? Especially if maybe we are money-strapped. This is not just wealthy people who do this. The majority of individuals out there, women, uh, spend money on makeup, on beauty products, on hair color, on haircuts, other things. So what's the driving force behind spending time and money on makeup um, and all those beauty-enhancing items? So, listeners, to you, I know this is a divergent from a lot of the COVID issues we've talked about. But this is one of those issues that sort of is an underlying thing in society that's been going on since, well, before the Roman times. Um, This is to both men and women. What do you think about wearing makeup? Women, when did you start wearing makeup? Did you find it a rite of passage? Did you wear makeup in the past but stopped? Maybe during COVID. I think a lot of people have changed what they're doing during COVID. What made you do that? And do you think you'll turn around and go back to using that hair color or wearing that makeup that maybe you stopped? Um, So... There is research out there that um, that has looked into why women wear makeup, and some of it may surprise you as we move along. And some psychologists who have really looked heavily into this make some comments that may smart a little to women, I think, if, if you listen to it. But before we get to that, I wanted to just tell you a little story about something that happened in Dubai. Now, Dubai, as many of you know, is a a wealthy, wealthy Arab country. But there was a story about a Dubai Dubai man, a newlywed um, man, divorced his wife, saying he couldn't recognize her when he saw her natural face for the first time after her makeup got washed off when she went for a swim. The couple went swimming on a beach, and, and after the 34-year-old man saw his 28-year-old wife's features change, like her makeup washed off, then he believed she did not look as pretty as before. He thought he'd been deceived, and um, that the cosmetics had deceived him. She had also worn fake eyelashes, and uh, he divorced her. She had to go through counseling about it. She was devastated. Um, he refused any any ability to reunite with her simply because when her makeup washed off, she didn't look the way he thought she looked. So, ladies and gents, what do you think about that? What do you think about some a relationship, perhaps, Maybe that there was a little bit of deception there, but what do you think about, how does that feel to you, right?
1: Look, we're asking you guys, what what do you feel? I see the lines popping up. I want to hear, I want to get this conversation going. I really do. Yeah, yeah.
2: Well, I'll just say, um, you know, he felt uh, that he was deceived. Um, Is, is, yes, is that... Deception. Yeah, is, is that Deception. Perhaps. I, I want to go right on to the phone. We are going to
1: Beverly in Ellisville.
3: <laughs> good morning, everyone. Good morning. Thanks for calling. Uh, yes, thanks for taking my call. You know, one thing comes to mind, listening, um, you know, years ago, I'm in my 50s, and years ago um, they used to have contracts in Las Vegas that if the girls gained more than 10% of their weight, that they would fire them because they wanted them to look good, you know, on the casino floors. Right. And, (laughs) yeah, and, you know, when you marry someone, you know, you do expect things to change and adapt. And and sometimes with health concerns, you can't, you know, certain things can't be health-wise. But I do agree with the fact that I do think it's a sort of deception that if you marry somebody and they let their body go and they gain, they become obese. I do think that that is a grounds for divorce. Now, I know you'd have to get a certain lawyer or judge or whatever, but I agree with that. I also think that a, a lot of reason women go through all this is, you know, nobody's brought up vanity. I mean, you know, as human beings, we're all somewhat vain to a certain extent. But um, after this COVID thing, you know, I didn't color my hair and let my hair grow. And I think – um I'm going to let it go naturally, but you know, once I get back in a big crowd or if I have to return to office where you've got younger women who do color their hair, I may feel a little different. I'm not really quite mm-hmm. sure how I would feel about that, but, but I do think a lot of women wear these fake eyelashes and fake fingernails. And I, I think there's a lot of money spent on that, that it is a bit, yeah. I think, feeds into our vanity. Well, you know, I, I
2: some of the research, Beverly, brought up, you've brought up a couple of really great points. First of all, I think there are a lot of women who are um, aging and graying and maybe not even aging and graying early who decided to quit coloring their hair during COVID. It was sometimes you had to do it yourself, sometimes it was um, worrisome to go into a salon, and so people stopped. And um, I I've talked to several individuals, and I will tell you, I am one of them. I will just put it out there. I am one of them who decided to stop coloring my hair. My husband had been begging me for years. He was the one who wanted me to not color it because he loved the salt and pepper gray um, that I have. And so it was painful, but it happened. Now, I agree with you. One of the reasons, if you look at research, why people wear makeup, it is because they want to look younger, and they believe it makes them look younger. Um, They also believe that it makes them have a better position at work. Um, So the more attractive, whatever that is, the more beautiful an individual is, the more likely that they will initially at least, receive promotion, um, get paid higher. I know this sounds terrible, but it's the honest truth. Um, There, being an attractive individual makes you more likely to even be hired for a job with equal qualifications. Now, what is beautiful in some societies is different than what is beautiful in other societies. You know, um, in some countries, being very thin is very unattractive, and and having a little weight on you um, connotes wealth and makes you more attractive. So, Beverly, you've done a great job of starting the conversation. Now, you said something that I bet there are many people out there that will disagree with you about, and you said if somebody comes into a marriage then and they let them, quote, let themselves go and gain weight, that that could be grounds for divorce. Now, I'm just throwing it out to the audience. I do I do know of a couple of instances when that became a huge bone of contention. So I'd like to hear from other listeners about that topic um, as we move along. What do y'all think about someone coming into a marriage being perhaps attractive and beautiful? Both men and women do this. And then kind of not exercising, not taking care of themselves and not being quite as attractive as they were. So um join in at 18776727464 or 1877 MPB ring. Um I'm going to stay on the calls. We have Aubrey and Batesville. Hi Aubrey.
4: Hello. Hi. How are y'all this morning?
2: Doing great. Turn that radio down, if you will. Um, I I, just just did. did. Great. (laughs)
4: Um, I just wanted to, uh, makeup is like an accessory. Women are beautiful. They don't need that. If they want to use it, that's fine. But uh, the the proper reaction is women are beautiful. They don't need makeup. (laughs)
2: <laughs> That's a great reaction, but do you think most people feel that? You know, um,
4: again, uh, you have to be awfully superficial as a male. I feel to. I mean, I it just went completely over my head. My jaw dropped when the guy divorced his right. wife. Over, she didn't look the same. It's like, what if she had had a hat on? <laughs>
5: <laughs> you know i mean it's
4: it, it's it's kind of silly but uh, i do understand uh, because the media and uh, the commercial machine shoves it so hard at women um, and i don't know what the remedy for that is but if if they like it and that's they want to use it that's fine but right. they don't they don't need it
2: well yeah i i think uh, most of us, hopefully, would agree that divorcing a woman because um, she no longer uh, looked exactly the same—I'm not sure how someone wouldn't have realized that—that that there was makeup
4: on that individual. Um, I, I agree, and it's like, what if she, what if she changed, changed her makeup? I mean, you know, there's so many different looks now. It's like he, you know, he would have thought he woke up with somebody else the next day or something. I, I don't, I, <laughs> I just can't comprehend, you know, the, the fact that we would divorce somebody over, over their makeup. That's, uh, that's crazy. <laughs> pretty, pretty
2: astounding. Well, yes, absolutely. I really would like to hear from, from others about this as we move along. We're going to go to our first break, but, when we get back, we'll talk a little bit more about the, the research behind why people wear makeup and why it truly does make some people feel better and feel more attractive. Um, but what do you think? Um, are those ridiculous standards that we're putting on each other? Give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's 877 You can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. This is Relatively Speaking. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and we'll be right back. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress with a mindful minute. Children grow up so fast. Before you know it, they'll be starting kindergarten. A good way to watch for school readiness is to mark developmental milestones like talking in sentences, counting, writing, and playing well with others. Positive adult-child relationships are key to helping children meet these milestones. You already have the tools you need. Talking, singing, and reading are fun ways to help children learn and thrive. One way to celebrate these special moments is to use a milestone checklist. Health care providers are also a great resource to help make sure your child's on the mark and ready for the next step. Examples of developmental milestones, fun family activities, and additional resources can be found at mississippithrive.com.
6: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.
2: Welcome back. This is relatively speaking. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress here with Michelle McAdoo, my producer, and we are talking about makeup, beauty products. Why do we use them? Why do women often feel obligated to use them? Or is that it? Do you feel obligated or do you want to use it? Um, men, what do you think? Men, they're probably about twenty two percent of men wear some sort of beauty enhancing. Makeup, also believe it or not, but often they're not. They do it secretly. They do not advertise the fact that they're going to buy makeup. So, would love to hear from you as we're moving along. But I want to go straight back to the phones. We have Cat and Mobile who's been waiting a few minutes. Cat, hi. Thanks for calling.
0: Good morning. How are y'all doing?
2: Doing great. Good.
0: Um, well, I heard you all talking about the. Um, topic this morning, and I do agree that it's kind of deceptive, and I'll make a reference to an old movie. Um, it's called I'm Gonna Get You, Suckers, and part of the movie, the girl looks, you know, all dressed up, and, you know, she has all these things going on, and then he takes the lady home, and she takes off her hair, her nails, her nose, <laughs> you know, like, it's in that sense of deception, but then it also brings me back to what is considered love on his end? Like, why did he love her? Was it only because of looks or status or things like that? So I kind of agree with both ends. Right. Um, And then the second part, when you all were talking about makeup, for me, I can use makeup now, but I made it a point not to use it. Um, I'll be 30 this month, but... Um, I was always afraid of makeup because during my teenage years, I didn't like how I looked and I would always be picked on. But I did wear makeup one day for like a glamour shot, Uh and I thought I was so pretty. And I said, I can't do this because if I start using makeup now, I won't really love myself because I don't like how I look without it. And so I made it a point not to use it until... I felt comfortable with how God made me. And then once I was comfortable with myself and gained more confidence, then I said, okay, now I can use it responsibly instead of a crutch. It could be for artistic things or it could be just to enhance, you know. Wow. um, that's That's just my point.
2: Kat, I am so impressed because that took a very strong individual At your young age, because the truth is, young women spend more money on beauty products than older women do, Um, especially younger women in their early 20s, um, later teens, early 20s. And and, um, by the time you get to be in your 30s, many women, according to the surveys I've seen, tend to not spend as much money, perhaps, because they become a little bit more confident. Or perhaps they have a significant other and they're not looking for someone. Now, I'm saying something that is very uncomfortable for me to say as a woman. But the truth is, ladies, that most individuals who wear makeup, wear makeup because they believe it makes them more attractive. Um, and that is one one individual here at the radio station questioned whether or not you were looking for more attention. Perhaps. Think about it. Why do we do that? But, Kat, to be able to say that you were able to step back, not wear makeup until you had full confidence in yourself, tells me that that somebody did a really good job of helping you develop good self-esteem. That's great, because it's... Bad to feel like you had to have a crutch for anything. But let's stay on the phones. Um, Thank you for that call, Kat. That was great. Our next caller is William in Oxford. Hi, William. What are your thoughts?
7: Hi. um, I wanted to give just a quick opinion on the story of the man um, divorcing his wife over, uh, I guess, the makeup fraud. Right. (laughs) (laughs) That's what he said. Um, I... When I heard that, the first thing that jumped into my mind was that it was some pretension fabricated to get divorced um, mm. because I cannot wrap – as a man, I personally cannot wrap my mind around any circumstance where a woman's makeup would incense me against her in such a way. Um, I personally think it, um makeup is, in general, a lot more important to women themselves than it is to men. Um, regardless, I feel that if you actually go through the proceedings to divorce and go through the trouble and the hassle and everything, it 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 has to be some kind of scam or it was a sham marriage or someone who's just remarkably cruel-hearted and you're better off without them. That's, that's my... Um, that that is my personal take on that story. Um and um I just wanted to let y'all know.
2: Well, thank you for that, William, because I I think most of us would agree with that. If if your whole relationship is based on superficial superficial beauty, then you have no relationship, right? I mean, I, I cannot imagine. Now, I wonder, in, in some areas, there are arranged marriages. And, and I guess that different than in the U.S. in general, sometimes there's not a long dating period when you're doing sports events and other kind of things, and people look very different. I can tell you when I'm swimming and, um, you know, I, I don't, I, I look different. And that's okay. Um, I will say also that um, our radio manager, who thought this might be a, a really good call, brought it up because he was Jason Klein, for everybody who doesn't know who that is. Um, he he brought up this topic um, and was having a conversation with his wife. Uh, about it, and she, too, is one of those decided to go gray. she also he was asking her why she even bothered with makeup because he thought she was beautiful anyway. she didn't need to do anything. It was very loving, wonderful thing to say. And um, and he we we started this big conversation, and he said, "Is it perhaps because you want attention?" others attention from other people from from other people that's when I got and yeah yeah I think mm -hmm. both Michelle and I bristled a little bit um but maybe it's wanting to feel like we are taking time for other people to present ourselves I don't know I don't know um maybe I'm deceiving myself but I'd love to as we move through William um I agree with you you should never have a relationship based solely on appearance or you will be making some major mistakes because there are some incredibly beautiful people out there who are the most shallow, most uncaring individuals that you would never want to live with, right? Mm, of course.
7: Yeah. What 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 struck me so remarkably about the about that story is that you could Go again, go through the process of getting to know and getting married to someone <laughs> and never see them without wearing makeup ever, yeah. once.
2: Yeah. I um, wouldn't recommend that. that.
7: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that is that is some that again, that's that that fact as as is presented um makes me question the um uh, again, the um whether the marriage was actually entered into, you know, with real mutual consent or if it was some, again, some sham marriage, or right. if, again, he was trying to fabricate some story to get out of it as best he could, you know, with, by claiming she deceived him in some way, you know. Uh, right. I don't, I, so, um, yeah, but no, that, that as as a man, I I can tell you, for, cert- for certain that, that is not, uh, that would certainly not be my uh, <laughs> way of moving forward. No, um, it, no,
2: no, no. So, um, no, and, um, and I appreciate you saying that, but I think that, um, you know, any marriage counselor would tell you, you've got to have complete honesty before you go into a mm-hmm. marriage. And so you need to know the whole person. And if that means, if, if you have an individual who is so uncomfortable with uh the way they look without makeup whether it's a man or a woman then i i think that i would be really concerned about the the um depth or lack of self-confidence and where they are that individual would Mm -hmm. probably need a little bit of of help in working to accept who they are so william thank you for that call um we're going to stay in the phones and go to Rachel in Starkville, who's been waiting. Hi, Rachel. Hi, how are you doing, doctor? I'm doing great. So tell us so, what your thoughts are.
5: Um, I'm a very fair-skinned, and uh, I don't have any contrast in my face. Uh, eyelashes and eyebrows are... Uh, very light, uh, as a matter of fact, non-existent just about. Mm -hmm. And over the years, as I've changed, I've noticed that men, uh, treat me differently when I don't, uh, look the same as I did when I knew them previously in high school or, um, in college, I've actually had one man to walk away from me as I was speaking to him. And, um, I've had a man to um, uh, be very curt and cold with me, and I thought we had been super buddies when we were in high school. Um, I've had a coach to think that I was sick because I didn't have Mm -hmm. on my makeup. Mm -hmm. I've had doctors tell me when I come in with a little makeup that, oh, you're looking better. You look like you feel better. (laughs) Uh, The list goes on. Yeah. But during the pandemic, I have taken to uh, wearing no makeup, and I pull my hair. uh, I've not had it trimmed or cut, and I pull it up on the back of my head and fasten it with a barrette, and um, I put on my mask. I go go out the door in a jiffy, and I love it. I love it. I don't know if I'll change any when we get the pandemic in control or not.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's time saving, isn't it? It's it's amazing yeah. how much time you save when you don't take that extra twenty or thirty minutes to and some people take longer depending on what they're doing. Uh-huh. So exactly. Yeah. But Rachel, um, it is it is sad, but often people will not get to know the substance of a person and and dwell really? more on the yeah. superficial aspect um yeah. i just wonder now you're I will say one of those things in our society today, and it seems to have gotten more so because I'm seeing a whole lot more about eyebrows and eyelashes and oh, making sure that they're thick and lush and all that kind of stuff. So people are so spending, artificial. Yeah. People are spending hundreds and thousands of dollars on that kind of thing now. So uh-huh. I, I'm I'm curious as to, What? Where does everybody think that comes from? And we'll talk about that. Yeah, yeah. As we're it'll
5: change in time. The the it's part of it is the uh, makeup. uh, People, the people who sell the products, are always changing and coming up with something new, Mm -hmm. and uh, to Mm -hmm. get people to spend more money. Yep, that's my my feeling on that
2: part. I think you're absolutely um, right yeah so well, I am so glad you 've gotten comfortable in your own skin and you are able to be who you are. Um, I congratulate you i I will say that there many of us continue to feel like we need to do a little something to enhance whatever, but you know i I think it's good and and i I do think being more involved in the out-of-doors and outdoor sports perhaps has made people feel a little more comfortable not putting on that makeup. But Uh now, fair-skinned people like you, Rachel, for sure need to put on sunscreen. And I I will say before we move on, um, and I appreciate our callers waiting, um, is that That doesn't mean not taking care of your skin, using sunscreen, Uh using moisturizers, protecting yourself, taking care of yourself. That's a whole different topic. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. So as we move along, we'll get to that. So don't forget your sunscreen, Rachel, okay? Um, Okay.
5: Thank you, uh Doc. Thank
2: you. Thanks for calling. Okay. We're going to go to our next break, and when we come back, we have a couple of callers. It's... um, You've been waiting. Thank you so much. And we'll be with you in a minute. We are talking about makeup, beauty products. Why do we use them? What are they for? Um, Who are they for? Um, join the conversation. You can give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one Or you can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. We will be right back. Hi, I'm Dr. Susan Buttress. Parents are a child's first teacher. Children make connections to the growing world around them through back and forth interactions. Parents and other caregivers can help children learn communication and social-emotional skills by talking, reading, and singing each day. More information at MississippiThrive.com.
6: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.
2: Welcome back and thanks for listening. This is Relatively Speaking. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress here with Michelle McAdoo. We're talking about um, why do we use makeup? Is it truly, as some researchers say, camouflage? Women who are maybe anxious or insecure use it as camouflage? Um, is it for seduction? Is it because women are trying to get a man, so to speak? I hate that one. I really do. Um, it it really bothers me, and women, I hope um, some of you did cringe when I said that because <laughs> it made me cringe. Um, you know, uh, we had an earlier caller, I just want to emphasize Kat, who called in and she talked about how um, when she was young she stopped wearing makeup because she felt like she was using it um, almost as camouflage and not accepting who she was and waited until she had confidence in who she was before she started wearing makeup again. It's a pretty strong constitution, right? Um So, we're going to go back to the phones. We have a couple of people who have waited for a while. Let's go to Terry in Grenada. Hi, Terry.
1: Hi. Um, My first comment was that both of my grandmothers from Louisiana always taught me that the art of makeup was to make it look like you had none at all on.
5: Mm Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: and just with today's products the reason i ain't even put any on is to protect my skin from the sun mm-hmm. um like the the bb creams and things they have great spf
2: right they do and
1: so like i my makeup routine takes less than 10 minutes i put on like a pour poreless primer a bb cream some powder um, the eyelash thing y'all were talking about earlier, I buy an eyelash primer that's less than five bucks, that and some mascara, and it's even bigger lashes than the false lashes, and some mascara, and I'm out the door. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Terry, I have a question Would you go out of the house without any makeup and go to a party or go to a function without any? Makeup. This is my question to you, or not just to you, but to women, period. Oh, yeah, I would. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that it's good.
0: Well, yeah, yeah it, it
1: would not intimidate me at all because, um you know, I think my skin looks great. I mean, I would rather, you know, but still, I wouldn't go through any more than I, that little routine that I do before I walk out the door. I wouldn't put, like, I don't do uh, the eyeshadow, the colored lipstick, even the little like gloss that I put on, it has a SPF.
2: Mm-hmm. That's good, and that's taking good care of your skin. So that sounds like a great example for others, Terry. Um, and and I would encourage again, people, because our UV rays are so tough down in the south to to put a sunscreen on like that. And you know, if it has a little tint to it, okay, fine. Um, but uh your your routine sounds refreshing and wonderful. So Terry, thanks for that call. I appreciate it.
1: Oh, and uh just one tip I recently if you have uh the flexible spending account, I found a little product you keep in your purse. It's a little brush that's got the powder in it that has is a mineral brush you can take in your purse, bam, mineral brush, got your S B S in it, in the purse to go.
2: Wow. Okay, thanks for that. <laughs> Learning some tips. Okay, we're staying on the phones. We have Ralph in Vicksburg. Hi, Ralph. Thanks for calling again.
6: Show sure, today, as always it is, and uh, I have a few comments coming from a. a growing up in a different culture and living here for more, fifty years or so.
2: Good. Want so to hear it. I,
6: Yeah, I I want to mention some commonalities and some differences. Over the years in uh, India, where I came from, the emphasis, of course, I would say, even though people hate this term, there is an evolutionary imperative, meaning that because of more women, maybe there being more women in the population than men or whatever, are women trying to find the best uh, mate? Uh, So... Traditionally, women have had to attract men. And uh, men had to attract women by their prowess, by their fighting, and that kind of a scale, by their strength, not so much their appearance. And uh, what has happened, of course, in modern culture, we don't have those things anymore. We're not hunters and gatherers. and you know, so, But still, we believe, even in America, we believe that first impressions matter. This course, whether whether it's you're applying for a job or you're going shopping, the shopkeeper will treat you differently whether you are male or female, depending on how well you are groomed versus not. Okay. So there is an inherent uh, societal expectation or whatever that people have to be in their best uh, or look good when they interact with the public. As far as, uh, you know, the gentleman mentioned the case of a Somebody in the Middle East divorcing his wife, but that's not unusual in the Middle East. We have seen in this country many actors and others who have you know divorced their wives, who gave birth to children, and of course, they are no longer the way they were when they dated or married, mm-hmm. going in for anger, what we call anger models, because they can afford and uh, To give you an example, you know among ordinary people. I came across a gentleman whose wife gave birth to to two or three children altogether. She had just given birth to the latest one. And he told her that he was going to give you $100 if she got back to her pre-delivery shape, pre-pregnancy shape. And that threw me out. You know, how can you be so insensitive? And wow. of course, they did not. They got divorced much later. And, you know, uh, he married mm-hmm. a younger, as I understood, a younger mm-hmm. model. So yeah. that is there, where people have a selection. They seem to, you know, there seems to be a tendency. Uh, the third part is, of course, you should put makeup that makes you look natural. There is nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And men are getting, of course, we have the big uh, fashion or makeup industry that the, and also the you know, what I would call the plastic industry, you know plastic surgery industry. Oh absolutely. It, yeah. You know, that is emphasized and of course we have the popular culture where it's emphasized always this is the idea, you know, for whether women or men, this is the idea of how you should look. And ordinary folks, majority, ninety nine percent cannot live up to that.
2: Well, well, and Rao, I'm just going to interrupt you there for a minute okay. um, because uh, I, you're, you're right. Um, what the industry says we should look like is, is often not real. Um, we've no. talked about this over and over again. Media presents um, pictures of beautiful women and men who are touched up. You know, they get rid of the wrinkles. They get rid of the, um, they enhance the eye color. They enhance even the cheekbones. I mean, things can be changed so greatly that it is what we have, but it's hard. It's tough pressure for us to continually be bombarded with what the media says pretty people should look like and how they look, Um, and then to be able to look in the mirror and see yourself. And now with all the Zoom and WebEx, and you know, uh, the, where you're staring at your face um, for hours a day, um, it's it's hard to stand up to that. And so I just want to remind everybody: it is false. Even like, men are not right.
6: even men are not protected from this media onslaught. That's another thing I want to just say. Right, uh, I'm yeah.
2: sure not. I think yeah.
6: And another right. point, very quickly. I know you have less time. One quick point I want to make is in India, which had a traditional way of looking at women's beauty and women's makeup or how they felt now, with the onslaught of the american and Western influence, we have all these commercials talking about fair and lovely, how you know you can get fairer, or um, people using colouring for their hairs, mm-hmm. and all both men and women using colouring for their hair when it gets mm-hmm. gray or whatever. That, you know, that does not work, but it is the, uh, what I want to say, it's the kind of billion-dollar industry pushing products on us that we really don't need.
2: Right. Yeah. Exactly. It is, it's a huge industry, and as I mentioned earlier, the the industry for men has been growing and growing and um, is is a billion-dollar industry, too, so... Ralph, thanks for your comments. As always, they're great and spot on. We're going to stay on the phone. Martha's been patient in Richland. Hi, Martha. Hello. Hi. Tell us what your thoughts are today.
8: Well, for many years, I've worked in church as a youth director, youth worker, especially with young teenage women. And we went through this cycle one time, if someone new came in, like we had a a young woman come in who was living with her grandparents. Well, she had the orange hair, and then she would have the purple hair. And some of them thought it was just awful. Well, I didn't say anything at that time, but our next lesson was about um, differences. Mm -hmm. And we started with sports, and we started with cooking, and we started with hobbies. And what kind of clothes do you like? I never mentioned the looks, never mentioned it. And I said, well, you know, if we want to sum this up, unless it's a wrong thing that you're doing, it's all right. Unless you're totally clad naked or something, when we go off or if it's indecent, that's wrong. But as long as it's right, it's all right. Everybody's different. Everybody has different looks and different talents. From that day forward, there was just a calmness and there was an acceptance. But I think um, I, didn't, I haven't heard all your program But the comments I've heard, you know, our culture has so much to do with what people think about themselves. And Mm -hmm. I just think we should help young people focus on what's really important, you know, is who they are and their character. And then those things, you know, just have its own place because you develop an acceptance of people for who they are. So that's just my experience and my thing. When I was younger, I wore makeup. When I got older, I don't wear so much. And I let my hair grow natural, and, um, you know, we just change. But it's who we are as a human being and our intellect that make us who we are, you know, not necessarily our looks, because that can change with anybody. But this has just been a wonderful show.
2: Oh, Martha, thank you. You're, oh, my goodness. If we had more people like you out there teaching how important it is to accept differences and to understand differences and to find the beauty indifferences. Before you go, Martha, um, I want to ask you a question. You said you used yes. to wear makeup and now you don't. Why not? Why did you stop?
8: I never was like a everyday thing, but mm-hmm. when I was growing up, here we go again, growing up, <laughs> uh, my mother's auntie was an Avon lady. Ah. I thought she was the most beautiful woman I had ever seen in my life. My mother did not wear a lot of makeup but Aunt Della would come by the house and this is when they came by and they had their little satchels and they had their little um lipsticks and and little samples and she would give me lipsticks and I was a child and I would go to the mirror. I was probably about 11 years old, 12 and, you know, I thought it was so pretty when mother didn't say anything. Um, Mother might wear lipstick mm-hmm. and she could not wear lipstick. It just depends on, you know, when she right. wanted to. But as for me... I just kind of picked it up from mother, but I mm-hmm. thought Aunt Della was just so different.
5: Uh-huh.
8: And then when one of my mother's friends was different because as some women had longer poofy hair. She had this really short cut, and she was so sure of herself. So here's another difference.
2: Uh-huh. And uh-huh. I
8: just grew up, you know, thinking it was just as long as it wasn't a wrong thing, then, you know, you just look for the other person. That's why I've enjoyed the Olympics so much this year. It just seems like there's been so much acceptance and harmony and congratulations and sincerity in the sport this year, all the sports.
2: And diversity, so much diversity. It's so much fun to watch that. Right. And
8: maybe it's because there was not so many people, you know, that everybody was listening to those voices, telling them what to do. And they just went and did their thing. And them congratulating each other and, you know, even if they didn't win or uh my favorite moment was when the two guys tied in the, in the jumping pole vaulting or something. Uh-huh. And one guy said, well, can't we have two gold medals? And it was, yes. And they were both ecstatic then, yeah. but it's just, you know, accepting people. That's the way I look at it. And. The man who did that to his wife, he did not love her. I've always taught my children, love is as love does. Love is not an emotion. Your emotions change. Emotions can follow love, but love is how you choose to treat people. It's the respect and honor you give them for being a person, not for, oh, this is how you look and you're going to change one day. It's not as fickle as that. And I think that's part of it, too. But I just love your program. Oh, thank you, Martha. You have
2: just enhanced the program. Boy, your, your oh, children in Sunday that, school and your your children, your biologic children that you had at home, all very lucky to have you as a teacher. And so, We
8: had, and let me speak yeah. to that one little thing. We had one daughter. She passed away eight years ago. She was I'm 35 so when she passed away. But um, it was like an all-of-a-sudden thing. But she grew up. I did not um, tell her to wear makeup, wear not makeup. Right. Her grandmother, the way she looked was her example. Yeah. My daughter had beautiful skin, long eyelashes, but she always wore lipstick because she <laughs> always saw grandmother do it. And, <laughs> yeah, you know, that go was, by there was models. a choice, too. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But um, she, was, she felt good in herself of who she was. And I think that's the thing, right? You know, accepting people for who who they, they are. truly are, not who you want them to be. Like the man earlier, that was so shocking. Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, Martha, I will just say thank you. That was absolutely beautiful, and and I'm so sorry about your loss. But it sounds like you have wonderful memories, and you did an awesome job for your daughter. So. Thank you for that, and thank you for your contributions um, to helping others raise their children because the honest truth is if you really taught them what we just talked about, what an awesome lesson, a forever lesson that they would have. So I think, you know, again, I as always, um, our callers make the show, and you guys made the show. I appreciate it. If you didn't get to listen to the whole show, I really would encourage you to download your favorite podcast app and um, go to Relatively Speaking, Southern Remedy Relatively Speaking, and listen to this show because we had a lot of good tidbits from a lot of you Um So, um, also, I want you to remember that as we're moving through, everything we talk about in here is about mental behavioral health, just about everything. Um, And it affects our, whatever we do, we have to remember to take care of that, our mental behavioral health. And so if you ever get to a point where you're feeling bad about yourself or you need help, make sure that you reach out. Reach out to your best friend. Talk to someone. And then if you really need to go further, go to your primary care provider and ask them for help. I would encourage you to do that. So thanks, all. This show is a production of MPB Think Radio and engineered by Michelle McAdoo. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and I hope you'll join us next Tuesday at 11 for Relatively Speaking And that you'll stay tuned for NPR's Here Now, coming up next on MPB Think Radio.